0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, when God, Amen. We will continue our Bible study from Psalm 55. 55. From verse 1 to 14, uh, David was crying to God because his son, Absalom and his best friend, A betrayed him. And he felt that this conspiracy actually against him will kill him. And what hurts more that this conspiracy is not from an enemy as he said in verse 13 for it is not an enemy who reproaches me then I could bear it. If this came from enemy, I could bear. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But this conspiracy came from the very closest people to him, his son and his best friend. And here David was a type of Christ, a symbol of Christ. Who was betrayed by one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot. And most of the church fathers said, Achitophel is a symbol of Judas Iscariot. And then he continued in verse 13 and said, But it was you, as if he is addressing Achitophel or Epsilon. So he's saying, But it was you a man my equal my equal means my best friend my companion and my acquaintance we took sweet counsel together we spent good good time together as friends and we walked to the house of God in the throne and we went together to the house of God to worship that's why this was very hurtful to David Let's start from verse 15 our Bible study tonight. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. So the psalmist here in verse 15 calls on God to bring destruction upon the whole crowd of his enemies. See here he is speaking in plural. Let death seize them. So he's not speaking about a Khitophel, but he's speaking about all his enemies. And this is remarkably a strong statement from David. Shows how dangerous the man was to the peace of god's people how achitophel and Absalom were dangerous to the peace of david one of the very very close children to god and how deeply he had wounded david so verse 15 it was a strong prayer but was it was a prayer that left vengeance to god and david refused to take revenge himself He said, let death see them, let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. So he's praying to God, because David understands, as the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. David, many opportunities actually uh, came to him, in which he was able to kill like King David, uh, King Saul, but he refused. Uh, so David refused to take vengeance by his hand, but he left it to God. And we can read how this actually happened to Achitophel. The death of Achitophel, we read it in Second Samuel seventeen twenty-three, and Absalom his son. 2 Samuel 18, 14 and 15 and so many of Absalom's followers also died and we can read about this in 2 Samuel 18 verse 7 and verse 8 so the prayer in verse 15 was quite fulfilled by God Uh, this is also a prophecy about Judas who went and hanged himself. I told you, Achitophel is a symbol of Judas. So this is also a prophecy of Judas. The psalmist neither expected nor desired a literal fulfillment of his wish, but he gave a reason. What the reason for wickedness is in their dwelling? So David called upon God to bring such a severe judgment because the wickedness was so deeply ingrained in them. But if they repented, it would be a different story. Their inward part, the heart became very wicked. San Augustine says, I hear of living men perishing and being swallowed up in a gulf of the earth, that is being swallowed up in the longing of earthly desires so that when the person is swallowed up by the longing of earthly desires as if he is swallowed up in a gulf of the earth verse 16 as for me I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud And he shall hear my voice. So in verse sixteen, David turns altogether to God and suddenly switched from prayer for destruction to declaring and moved strong hope and confidence in God. He will save me. He is so sure that God will not forsake him. It is a further indication that he was able to leave his crisis and his enemies in the hand of the Lord, who would save him. So after he prayed, let death see them, let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in their dwelling, and among them, he left the whole case to God. Now, he is not thinking about this crisis he is not thinking about his enemies. He said, so confident, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and noon day, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. David's confidence in God was rooted in sincere dependence on him, demonstrated by constant prayer. Evening, morning, noon time. So he depended on God. That's why he prayed several times. Together, all this gave David the confidence in God to say he shall hear my voice. I will actually be persistent in my prayer. Morning, evening, noon time, And God will hear my voice. Also, evening morning at noon might be a reference to the stated hour of prayer according to the jewish rites but in another psalm david says that he prays seven times seven times a day i praise you because your righteous judgment psalm 119 164 not only david is praying but crying aloud and I will cry aloud. The word means to make a humming sound, to sigh, to growl, to groan. It means that he would give utterness to his deep feeling in appropriate tones, whether words, sighs or groans. It indicates the distress he was in, the intensity of prayer, of and power of his prayer usually when we go through difficult time our prayer become powerful as if coming from the depth of our heart saint augustine comments on verse 17 and says in the evening the lord was on the cross in the morning It is the resurrection. Noonday, the ascension. So San Augustine says, I will recount in evening the patience of him dying. I will tell forth in the morning the life of him rising. I will pray that he hearken at noonday sitting at the right hand of the Father. Because in the evening, the death of the Lord in the morning, resurrection noonday, ascension. San Augustine continues and says, "He shall hearken to my voice, that intercede for us. How great is the security of this man? How great the consolation? How great the refuge from weakness of mind and tempts against even men." against ungodly men, both without and within, from outside and from his family. And in the case of those who are without, though they had been within. Because Absalom and Achitophel were as if within, within his inner circle, but now they became without, they became uh, his enemies. verse 18 he has redeemed my soul in peace I'm amazed at David he prayed and he wrote this psalm while he was uh, escaping from his enemies but he is speaking in the past tense as if God already saved him see the confidence he has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me for there were many against me." David felt that his soul had been rescued, bought out, redeemed from the turmoil and crisis, and now he has peace in his heart. God has preserved his life and delivered him safe and sound from so many battles which were fought against him. And God had given him peace and rest from all his enemies before the present trouble came upon him. So David, from all these past experiences, know that God delivered him from so many uh, difficult situations. Now he will redeem him and will save him. Wherefore he believed based on the past experiences that God who had delivered him and time past would deliver him again. This is the reasoning of faith. He sees that there are many against him, as he said, for there were many against me. So there are many against him, but his courage does not fail because God is stronger than these many enemies. David was confident that the eternal God would answer his prayer and bring upon them deserved judgment. Verse 19 God will hear and afflict them. He is just stating what God will do. God will hear and afflict them. Even he who abides from old Selah because they do not change therefore they do not fear God so God is eternal so even if my enemies are so many they cannot stand before God who is eternal he who abides from old. Uh, so God would answer his prayer and bring upon his enemies they deserve a judgment even he who abides from all the eternal unchanging God he who is from everlasting the same God who has heard the prayer will hear it now again he who has always shown himself a just God and a vindicator will show himself the same right now The fact that God is everlasting, unchanging, is the only foundation for our security at any time. When we put our trust in people, there is no security because we say, what if he changed his mind? But for God he is unchangeable. He is uh, everlasting, unchanging. His promises to us doesn't change this is the foundation of our security in him who could have confidence in a changeable God if God changes his mind and his promises from day to day from year to year who put his confidence in a changeable God and then after this he put He used the word Silam God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from all. Silah is a pause. Pause for reflection, for meditation. So Silah here, it marks probably a pause for worship of the great and eternal king enthroned in all his glory. So when he mentioned the name of God, he said, Silah, it is a moment to worship him And to prostrate before him. Then. He said about their enemies. For they do not change. What does it mean they do not change? They don't repent. They don't change their mind. They have no changes in their hearts. Nor in their lives. But continue in their natural and sinful state. So. He said, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. They do not fear God. God will humble these men who do not fear Him. Why? Because God will try this lest they change their mind. God will try this with them hoping that they change their mind and repent and return to him so the truth is a general one but the psalmist is thinking particularly of his own enemies verse 20 he has put forth his hands against those who were at peace with him he has broken his covenant. So he is speaking about these enemies who do not fear God. Why they do not fear God? Because, like Absalom his son or Achitophel, they put forth their hands against those who were at peace with him. David was at peace with Achitophel. David was at peace with Absalom his son, but they put their hands on him He has broken his covenant. They they broke their covenant with him. St. Augustine says, To them is not changing, because they are not changed for the better, but for the worse. Neither while they are here, nor in the resurrection. So they will not change, neither on earth, nor in the second life. For all we shall rise again, but not all be changed. He is speaking here about the change Is that St. Paul spoke about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when we the righteous, our bodies will be changed in the glorified bodies. So St. Augustine said they did not change here. They kept their life in sin. That's why they will not be changed in the resurrection, to the glorious bodies, for, we, for all we shall rise again, but not all shall be changed. This is a verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Wherefore, because to them is not change, and they have not feared God. To them there is no change, for them they did not fear God. One more time the psalmist returns back to the betrayal of his friends. Achitofel destroyed peaceful relationship and violated agreements with others. Achitofel put his hand on David who was at peace with him and he broke his promises, his covenant with David. He has broken his covenant. All those obligations covenant of friendship with David by which he was tied to David both as his king David was the king of Akhtofel and as his friend also this verse refers to the Jews who rejected the Savior who offered them a new covenant so the Jews put forth their hand against the Lord Jesus Christ who was at peace with them they had broken their covenant. God gave them new covenant, but they refused. They rejected the new covenant and despised the prophecies. Also this verse refers to Judas Iscariot who betrayed the covenant with his Lord. Verse 21 The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords." The second part of verse 21, we chanted with a long uh, hymn two times in the Holy Week. One time on the eve of Thursday and the other time in the morning hour of Thursday, because we here were speaking about Judas, whose words were softer than oil. He said, "Hail to you Master, and kissed him. His words were softer than oil, but the words were drawn swords. The words of your mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. Using repetition and strong images, David showed how dishonorable his enemy was. He was a hypocrite, pretending to be a friend and kissing the Lord. But his friendship was false. He only used pleasant words, words expressive of friendship and love, to deceive and to betray. This happened with Achitophel. Happened also with uh, Judas. Such were the words of Achitophel when in counsel with David, and such the words of Judas when he said to Christ, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. David points out that this person's words seemed to be flattering, righteous, innocent, but they really were not. The speech is as smooth as butter, but the heart was intent on war. The words seemed to be as soft as oil, but behind the words were drawn swords ready to wound. It is imperative that we realize the damage that the tongue can cause. Saint James spoke a whole chapter about the tongue, And he said, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Last two verses. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So David concludes the psalm by reminding himself and also teaching others to place their burdens on God during these troublesome times. God will carry both him and his Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. So God here will carry the person and the Lord also. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. The burden here can be burden of afflictions was sometimes very heavy. Some are heavier in their own kind and nature than others and become so through their range and diversity as in the case of Job. Job, his burden was heavy. And the burden of David was heavy also, because he was deceived and betrayed by a son and a close friend. So, the burden can be heavy by their own kind and nature, but also by the continuation for a long time. Even a light burden, when it continues for a long time, it becomes a heavy burden. Especially one feels that God is hiding or with the temptation of Satan. Where is God? Why he makes me suffer for all this long time? Also, sin is a burden. And it is actually a heavy burden under which the <coughs> believers groan. But God can sustain. He shall, and he shall sustain you God can sustain the righteous person through the turbulent time at this and will never allow the righteous to be moved. He does not say, David did not say that the Lord shall remove the burden from him but shall carry it instead of him or carry it instead of him but he said he shall sustain you Many times when we pray during difficult time, we think that God will remove the burden or will carry it instead of us. But David said, he shall sustain you. Shall sustain you means he shall give the person the possibility and the ability to endure with joy. God will get him through it. Isaac the Syrian says, If you believe that God can sustain you, why then would you worry about the temporary things and the needs of the body? Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. Last verse 23. But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men Shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. David had hope and confidence because he was persuaded that his fate did not rest in the hands of unfaithful men. One time he said to Saul, If God give you permit to kill me, then let him accept my soul as a sacrifice and if God did not give you permission to kill me you will not be able to kill me so our souls are not in the hands of people but in the hands of God God was still Lord over all God had the final word on whether the righteous would be moved or not it is not the decision of the unfaithful people God has a final word. Though the righteous people may be in distress for a while, there will be an end to their suffering. While a man is righteous, trusts in and depends upon God, he will never suffer, God will never suffer the righteous person to be shaken. He is safe. The faithful God would not only help and establish the righteous, but also he will bring down those bloodthirsty and deceitful men who caused so much trouble among God's people. As we read in verse 23, bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their, li- their days. So, they, you know, our, our life is known. God knows how many years I will live but God did not determine how many years we will live. For example, if a person neglected his health, he may, may die earlier, but if he took care of his health, he may live longer. So, our life is not determined, but the days of our life are known to God. That's why David here said about these people, because of their deceitfulness and because of their wickedness they shall not live out half their days means they will die before the fullness of their life uh, while god sustains and supports the righteous as we read or we read in verse 22 God brings down and crushes the ungodly. That's why they will die before half of their days. He shall bring them down. That's what happened with Achitophel and his partners in the conspiracy against David. Judas and the wicked Jews involved in Christ's death. Judas hanged himself and died before the time of his death. And meaning, if David, if, if Judas did not hang himself, he would live longer. Uh, and many of the Jews died in the destruction of Jerusalem at year 70 AD. It is as though the psalmist, having sought from God for himself, two wings of a dove to fly up to the bosom of the Father. That's in the beginning of the psalm. In the beginning of the psalm, David said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. He thought in his mind that the only way to escape this conspiracy, to have wings like a dove and to fly and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. So, as the psalmist, having sought from God for himself two wings of a dove to fly up to the bosom of the Father, now he is seeing the bloodthirsty and the deceitful brought down to the pit of destruction. So one is flying to the bosom of the Father, these are going down to the pit of destruction, losing both their temporal life and their eternal life. So Sasan appropriately ended with David's focus upon God, not on his enemies, when he said, But but I will trust in you. But I that's last word, but I will trust in you. He would trust in God and not be disappointed. There is no better Ground for confidence. Saint Augustine says, "The pit of corruption is the darkness of sinking under. When blind leads blind, they both fall into a ditch. God brings them down into the pit of corruption, not because he is not because God is the author of their own guilt, but because he is himself." the judge of their iniquities. For God has delivered them unto the desires of their hearts. For they have loved the darkness and not light. They have loved the blindness and not seeing. So he is saying, what is a bit of corruption? It's darkness. Because when a person walks in darkness as if he's blind, and as the Lord said, when a blind lead blinds, both of them will fall into a ditch. So, God will bring them down in a pit of corruption. Not because he is the author of their own guilt. Not because God actually tempted them to to sin. But because God is the judge of their iniquities. So, God delivered them up to the desires of their hearts. They choose darkness more than light. That's why they love the blindness and not seeing. That's why they will fall into the pit of corruption. Verse 23 states the fact that wicked men, especially covenant-breakers, those who broke the covenant with God, shall finally suffer eternal condemnation, as Christ made it abundantly clear in Matthew chapter 25. The fathers in general The Church Fathers, apply the principal passage of this psalm to our Lord's suffering. As I told you, this psalm is a prophecy about the Lord's suffering, and the betrayal of Judas, and the wickedness of the Jews. Jesus was betrayed by a close friend, Judas, who and the other apostles were with Jesus for more than three years. But after these three years, Judas betrayed the Lord. There were many times when Jesus was alone with his apostles, sharing with them the intimate details concerning the kingdom of God. So he, Judas was like a close friend to God, very close friend. But Jesus has gone through the pain of betrayal by a close friend. So the Lord knows our pain when we are betrayed by close friends and wants us to cast our burden on him for He, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted he is able to aid those who are tempted this concludes uh, Psalm 55 I'll take only just a few minutes to give summary from verse 15 to the end in Arabic just a few minutes Mazmur 55 داود لما ابنه ابشلوم وصديقه المشير اخي توفل خانوه وكانوا بيخططوا علشان يقتلوه. ودافت في بداية المزمور كان يعني شايف ان خلاص هو وصل لمرحلة الموت واللي تعبوا اكتر حاجة ان الخيانة ديا جت من اصدقائه زي ما قال في آية 12 لأنه ليس عدو يعيرني يعني اللي بيعيرني ده مش عدو فأحتمل لو كان عدو كنت احتملته ليس مبغدي تعظم علي فأختبئ منه ولو واحد بيكرهني رفع نفسه كده علي فأنا ممكن أهرب منه لكن المشكلة اللي بيخلي زي ما بيقول جرحت في بيت أحبائي اللي بيخلي الألم أكتر وأكتر ان اللي جرحه مين قال له بل انت انسان عديلي الفي وصديقي انت صديقي انت قريب مني انت ألف من التقالف يقضينا وقت مع بعض الذي معه كانت تحلو لنا العشرة قضينا وقت جميل مع بعض كنا بنصلي ونعبد مع بعض الى بيت الله كنا نذهب في الجمهور للأسف هو ده اللي حصل مع داود حصل مع السيد المسيح يهوذا خان المسيح برد فبيجي في آية خمسة يقول ليبغتهم الموت لينحدروا إلى الهواء أحياء لأن في مساكنهم في وسطهم شرورا داود جات له كذا مرة انتقم من أعدائه كم مرة كان ممكن يقتل شاول هو رفض فداود سلم قضيته ربنا وساب زي ما الكتاب بيقول ليه انا اجازي يقول الرب ساب النقمة في ادرافنا ولما هو بيقول ليبغتهم الموت ده بيتكلم ليتحقق قضاء الله العادل عايز يشوف عدل ربنا انتصر ليبغتهم الموت لينحضروا الى الهوية احياء لان في مسكنهم في وسطهم شرورا لان الشر ساكن جواهم ساكن في قلبهم ساكن في حياتهم وربما ليانحضروا الهوى أحياء في, قص في قصة في ذهنه قصة قورح ودثان وأبرام اللي انفتحت الأرض وبلعته وعدين من أيه ستاشر يصرخ لربنا أما أنا فإلى الله أصرخ والرب يخلصني. أنا مش خلت دي قديا تخليني أفقد رجائي مش خلت دي قديا تبعد عن الصلاة. كتير مننا لما بخش في ضيقات نبعد عن حياة الصلاة. منجيش الكنيسة ونزعل من ربنا ونور ربنا اللي بيعمل معنا كده لما داود بيعرفنا ان وقت الضيقة دي ده وقت الرجوع لله ايه وعتلهم ربنا وقت الضيقة ولكن على العكس صل ربنا اما انا في الى الله اصرخ والرب يخلصني زي ما ربنا خلصني زمان هيخلصني دلوقتي ده مرة خلصني من الدب والأسد ومرة خلصني من جليات وخلصني من الفلسطينيين خلصني كتير ربنا فهيخلصني طب أصلي قد إيه مساء وصباح وظهرة ديفيد كان حياته حياة صلاة مرة تانية يقول سبعة مرات كل يوم كان بيصلي باستمرار أشكو لربنا وأنوح من الألم بتاع الخيانة فيسمع صوتي فانا بقف لربنا بدل ما بسكل الانسان ويسخر مني ويزيد همي انا اقف ربنا وانوح وابكي امام ربنا فهيسمع صوتي هو قال ادعوني وقت الضيق انقذك فتمجدني توعت ربنا لي اول ما قال الكلمتين دولت راح اتكلم باسلوب الماضي فدا بسلام النفس فدى بسلام ده أنت لسه بتقول أنا بصرف لربنا وهصرخ لربنا إنما وانسن ان هو صرخ أي 16 و 17 دخل سلام جوه قلبه اميديت جوه قلبه فالخلاص ربنا فداني فداني يعني اشتراني من الضيق ديا، وداني سلام أنا عارف ربنا هيخلصني فدى بسلام بسلام النفسي من قتال علي هم بيحاربوني لكن انا حاسس ان عندي سلام لان الهي هو الاله العظيم القوي لانهم بكثرة كانوا حولي اي نعم هم كتير حولي لكن هيروح فين من ربنا ربنا اقوى لان الله يسمع الله فيزلهم والجالس منذ القدم ربنا ده ازلي ابدي مهما كان اللي حوالينا كتير مش هيقدروا يقف ضدنا هيسمع ربنا الخيانة بتاعتهم اللي بيعملها ضدنا فيسمع الله ويزيلهم كلمة سلا دي وقفة للتأمل وربما لما جاب سيرة الله الجالس من قدام دي وقفة للعبادة والسجود والخشوع أمام الله أعداؤه الذين ليس لهم تغير يريد تتغيروا عايشين في الخطيئة زي ما هم ولا يخافون الله هم مش عارين بوجود ربنا يخافوه ازاي وعلشان كده ما تبوش علشان كده عايشين في شر وما بيتغيروش فالشر بتاعهم عايزين تعرفوه ازاي فبيقول ألقى يديه على مسالمين ده أنا مع أخي توفل داود اللي بيقول كنت زي أصدقاء كان في سلام بيننا يجي يعمل مشورة ضدي عشان يلقي يده علي عشان يموتني ألقى يديه على مسالميه مش كده قال دولة ما بيخافوش ربنا نخض عهده ده أنا لما عينته كالملك انه يبقى مشير لي بمستشار للملك ده في كافرانت في عهد بيني ما بينه لما هو نقض العهد وخانه ورحت تحد مع ابن أبشالوم علي ألقى يديه على مسالميه نقض عهده وطبعا الآية دي تتكلم على يهوزة برضو يهوزة اللي كان تلميذ للمسيح أكتر من ثلاث سنين ولكن نقض عهده مع سيدنا ربنا يسوع المسيح على اليهود اللي المسيح شاف مرضاهم واقام موتاهم وخرج الشياطين كان يقول يصنع خيرا كان مسالم ولكن ألقوا اليد عليه وقالوا أصدوبه أصدوبه ونقضوا العهد وبعدين بيتكلم برضو على الخداع بتاعهم انعم من الزبده فمه وقلبه قتال كلامه لين زي ما يهوذا قال له السلام لك يا معلم واخذوا وحضنوا باسوا انعم من الزبده فمه بيقول كلام جميل لكن قلبه قتال هو يضمر في قلبه أنه يموتني الين من الزيت كلماته كلماته نعمة زي الزيت ألين من الزيت ولكن هي سيوف مسلولة فدا الرياء ده الخداع زي الواحد يقول كلام كويس وعلشان يخدع التاني وفي الآخر يخونه ويصطاده ويقتله ألين من الزيت كلماته وهي سيوف مسلولة الجزء ده بنقوله مرتين في أسبوع الألام بالإبتي اسمه افيتش نون ولحن ده لحن جميل بيتقال مرة يوم الاربعاء بالليل اللي هي عشيه الخميس والخميس الصبحيه عشان بنتذكر خيانه يهوذا فبتكلم على يهوذا بنقول الين من الزيت كلماته وهي سيوف مسدوده بيختم المزمور قاعدته بيقول الق على الرب همك فهو يعودك ربما بيذكر نفسه او ربما برضو بيدينا نصيحة لما تكون في ضيق لما تكون في تجربة لما تكون مجروح من اقرب اصدقائك وعز حبيبك اوعى تتضايق اوعى تزعل القى على رب همك وهو يعولك كلمة يعولك ما هو هيخرجك من المشكلة لكن ربنا طول وقت المشكلة هيديك سلام وفرح وطمانينه وهو قلب الهم ده ممكن يكون لأنه ثقيل جدا زي في قصة أيوب أو ممكن يكون لأنه أخذ وقت طويل ففي كلتا, في كلتا الحالتين إلقى على الرب همك فهو يعودك وبعدين بيقولك حياتك مش في إيد الآخرين في إيد ربنا لا يدع الصديق يتزعزع إلى الأبد ربنا مش يخلص الصديق يتزعزع حتى لو مؤامرات قدر شوف كم واحدة تأمر على داود إدرس سفر صموئيل و الملوك ناس كتيرة تأمروا على داود كتيرة جدا 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 ولكن ولا واحد فيهم قدر يقتله لأن الأمر مخرجش من عند ربنا فلا يدع الصديق يتزعزع إلى الأبد حياتنا في إيد ربنا مرة تاني بيصلي من أجل عطل الله وأنت يا الله تحضرهم إلى جب الهلاك فبيقولوا رب زي ما بنعرف سفره على نفوس الذين قتلوا من أجل كلمة الله يقولوا حتى مات أيها القدوس الحق لا تنتقم دمائنا من الذين على الأرض أنت الله تحضرهم إلى جب الهلاك ليه؟ لأنهم رجال الدماء والغش داود بيقول في بداية المزمور ليت لي جنحين كالحمامة فأطير يطير للسماء إلى حطن الآب ودولا ينزلوا إلى جب الهلاك رجال الغش الدماء والغش لا ينصفون أيامهم يعني مش يعيشوا نص عمرهم يعني مثلا لو لافزباد بتاعت الناس 80 سنة مش يوصل لل40 زي يهوزة يهوزة شنق نفسه فمات قبل وقته رجال الدماء والغش لا ينصفون أيامه أما أنا فأتكل عليك نهاية جميلة للمزمور أن الاتكال على الرب خير من الاتكال على البشر الرجاء بالرب خير من الرجاء بالرؤساء داود في كل ديقاته دي كان يتكل على ربنا وكان دايما ربنا ينقذه ويخرجه من الديقة دي وشكده المزمير كتير يقول في ديقة صرخت إلى الرب فأخذني إلى الرحم أما انا فاتكل عليك دي شعار بناخده كلنا لينا من المزمور ده ان يكون إتكلنا على ربنا مش على شيء آخر لإلهنا المجدد إلى الأبد آمين